Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode, and leave a comment down below. Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Podbean, same thing. All you got to do is share around with others and follow on there as well. We have Facebook and we have Twitter. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is type that bad boy in on the search engine. You'll find it. You'll follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and notifications from across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. You'll find it. Follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and notifications from across college and NFL football. College football day today, big day. And, you know, just some some news coming out of college football. Uh, we're going to talk about some news coming out in Boulder, Colorado that I have the inside scoop on. We're also going to be talking about the SEC diving into the schedule debate. Everybody met in Destin. Do we have eight or nine games? Some scheduling debate here going on. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about and continuing our mini-series on conference standing projections. And I'm going to continue that with the Big 12. So don't leave yet. Don't tune out. Uh, I'm going to go by the other two quick. And then we're going to get to the Big 12 conference standings since, you know, that may be a lot to unpack. So don't miss out. Uh, don't plug, you know, don't tune out. Don't, you know, change anything. Watch on YouTube, subscribe to the channel on YouTube, leave a like on the episode, and leave comments down below on each episode. Um, follow on Spotify, follow on Podbean, share around with others on both platforms, and follow and like on Twitter and Facebook. So, Pigskin Frenzy, let's do this. Let's kick it off with some news out of Boulder, Colorado, right? Let's talk about let's talk about, you know, what's going on down there. So, as we all know. In the words of Coach Prime, their new football head coach, they're coming, right? They're coming. They have, you know, despite the turnover after the spring game, they're still building. People are still transferring in. He's still bringing his uh, Louis Vuitton players in. And they're coming. That's what he said. He's promised that, and he's been preaching that. Boulder, Colorado will no longer be a place where you skip over football. It will be a, a team to watch for in football. So, you know, with that, right, comes some, you know, you want some notoriety with that, right? You want TV deals. You want, hint, at the TV deals. You want notoriety, you know, you want you you want to be noticed and seen, right? You don't want Colorado to be on the back burner because if you're putting them on the back burner, they could just you know you're just you know basically treating them like they're still one and eleven. You know that's not that's not how Dion's going to roll. That's not how the standard's going to work now in Boulder. So with that being said, Amid the future, you know with the Pac-12 media rights deal, according to CBS College Football Insider Dennis Dodd. He reports great things. He's a really, really good, reliable source, and he's really good, you know, really good at telling stories and really good at reporting, reporting things. Really good journalists go and read his stuff. Uh, according to CBS College Football Insider Dennis Dodd, Colorado is in talks to join the Big Twelve. Now, 
is that a shock? No, because we I've been I've been mentioning it. Uh, Big Twelve has been trying to target teams like Utah, like Colorado, like Arizona, and like Arizona State. Uh, it's not a really a big shock, but I wanted to you know report that and talk about it for just a tiny bit because it is some notoriety, right? Joining the Big Twelve, which we're going to talk about in a minute, is you know it's a, it's a leg up, right? It's a leg up. Especially since, you know, it's kind of anybody's ball game at this point. After 2023, it's about to be a whole different conference. You know, when the two of the big players in Oklahoma and Texas are moving to pot, quite arguably the, the, you know, the top college football conference, you know, in college football, right, to the SEC, you know, the Big 12 is going to have a, you know, it's going to be, a, you know, a wide open thing is anybody's ball game, you know. You got teams like TCU in there, and then you, then you add Colorado, right? Who is supposed to play TCU this season, and that could be a regular thing if they join the Big Twelve. So it's one of those things where you know the state of the Pac-12 is so unknown, we just don't know, right? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to go on with the Pac-12. We don't know about the mini rights deal. There hasn't been any updates on it yet. Right now, it's still unlikely that a deal has been reached, and that's all we know so far about the Pac-12. However, the Big 12 wants to take advantage of that, right? That's the whole problem. That's the whole thing. The Big 12 wants to take advantage of that by adding some of these big, bigger schools from the, the Pac-12, Besides the USC and UCLA and Oregon, right? The Big Ten is looking at those. So it's just literally just, you know, pick and choose at this point. And right now it's looking like, you know, Colorado is having some interesting talks with the Big 12 about possibly joining their conference. And it's, it's interesting, you know, Deion Sanders in the Big 12 uh, making some notoriety and, you know, having some, you know, fan, right, you know, bringing Colorado back to where they once were instead of just having, you know, because, because you got to think, Colorado, you know, they had a good season like every now and then. But when they were good, they were on. When they were on, they were on, right? They had some good seasons under them. So Dion wants to maintain that standard. He wants to bring that out of Colorado, and he wants to maintain that standard and keep it that way. He doesn't want to keep going to one. He doesn't want to see Colorado keep going one and eleven, right? He wants to maintain a certain standard and elevate Colorado to the point where that is a premier school to play at and it's a team to not be, you know, to not mess with, right? So Colorado joining, uh, could be joining the Big 12. They're in talks about the Big 12 and that's all I got really to say about that, but it's interesting and it's really interesting to see what happens with Colorado joining the Big 12 if they join the Big 12. They are certainly in talks there. So moving on, we're going to talk about the SEC, right? And again, I mean, we got one conference left in the conference standing projections. We'll talk about that later on. But, I mean, we got two, arguably, the Big 12 and the SEC. We'll talk about the SEC next week. But SEC news right now. So everybody met in Destin, and we are debating. And you can pop up the graphic here in a minute. So SEC, eight or nine games when it comes to the you know scheduling for 2024 and beyond. SEC, eight or nine? Question mark. Pop up the graphic now. So anyway, this is a debate. And it is a debate. So according to, you know, a lot of sources, including, you know, you know, a, a friend of mine, uh, Jake Wimberly from ESPN Radio down here uh, in Mississippi. So now the SEC is likely moving to a eight-game model, and they're unlikely to move to a nine-game model 
right, until 2025. So when you think about it like that, when you think about, you know, what, why is there a debate if that's, they're unlikely to do that? Here's the debate. The debate is people are still discussing it. That's the debate. That's the whole thing. They're still discussing it. They are still, you know, trying to, you know, okay, are we sure? Do we need, do we, do we think we need to do nine games in 2024? Uh, do we need to do eight games? It's just, a, it's just a big debate. Right now, it's unlikely to move to nine games until 2025. The eight game model is likely for 2024. Now, let's go with another article that I found. The Athletic, Seth Emerson wrote this, and this is The Athletic. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey might prefer the nine-game schedule. He sounded like in an interview that he really was kind of favoring that, and it gives, you know, the league, as he puts it in air, quote, in air quotes here, this is Greg Sankey talking, you know, the league's forefront, right? He wants the league to be the forefront. So, the uh, nine-game, you know, the nine-game model, he may prefer that. So, let's just go over each model and let me explain it, and let's just talk about what each model allows, you know, for something to happen, right? Let's go to the differences, and let's go with what they both do as the same, right? So the eight-game model, this is the eight-game model, does this. You have one permanent opponent, and you have the road, and you have the rotating seven games. They all rotate. So one permanent opponent, say Alabama plays, you know, Tennessee every year. That's their that's their permanent opponent. You say bye to LSU every year. You say bye to potentially, which is weird to say, Auburn every year almost. Now, here's the thing. Likely, I'm pretty sure they're going to pick Auburn. But, you know, you say bye to Auburn, right? You say bye to a lot of these games that were key in Alabama's schedule that, you know, you're they're not going to play every year. It's going to be rotating. One permanent opponent and the other seven games are rotating yearly. So... The nine-game model, right? Three permanent opponents and rotation on the other six games. So three permanent opponents, say Alabama picks, you know, picks Auburn. They can also pick two more, Tennessee and LSU, if they want to, right? So that's that's the thing that Nick Saban didn't agree with. Nick Saban thinks that it's weird to have a nine-game schedule and weird to pick those three, pick LSU, Tennessee as the forefront of the, out of the three opponents besides Auburn, because Auburn is, you know, got to be an opponent for Alabama. In my take, if you want a hot, if you want a hot take here, guys, Auburn needs to be the permanent opponent. If they go with the eight game model, Auburn needs to be the permanent opponent for Alabama just because of the Iron Bowl. However, when you look at the nine game schedule and the nine game model, those would be the three permanent opponents for, and, and this is just for any team that you have three permanent opponents, say. Uh, Georgia has three permanent opponents. Who are they going to pick? Let's say Kentucky. Let's say Auburn. And let's say Florida. They play those three every year, right? Or Tennessee, Auburn, Florida. So if they play one game, Georgia could pick Auburn. Georgia could pick Florida. So those are the the, the pros and cons of the, the two models. Um, Eight-game model, one permanent opponent, rotating the other seven games. The nine-game model, three permanent opponents, and rotation of the other six games. Now, according to The Athletic and Seth Emerson, he in air quotes, he wrote this. Each model allows every team to play every other team at least twice every four years. And each model gets rid of divisions. So you get rid of the East and you get rid of the West. Uh, there's no more divisions. Uh, there's too many teams, obviously. There's 16 teams. So no more divisions. You're like you're essentially like the ACC and you're like the Big 12. So you, you got to think, 
that, you know, if you did do a division, say, if you did do a division, you would have to split Alabama, move them to the East and all that. No time for that, right? Just go with no divisions. These models are they're kind of, they're they're working. They're 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 worth it. You know, we're not going to do pods. There were the rumors about you know doing pods for the SEC. That's eh, that's a that's kind of met on that one. I, I don't really necessarily like that idea, and I, I think these two models are the models that probably will work the best for the SEC. So, I mean, that's about it for the SEC on the debate. Here's my thoughts on it. If you want to ha- have my take on it. I think the I honestly think that you could work well with a nine game schedule just because you maintain some of those rivalries. Okay, so as a spectator, I'm also a fan of college football. I like seeing those games, right? You want to see competition, you want to see challenging games. You want to see you want to see Alabama and LSU every year. You want to see Georgia and Florida every year. You want to see LSU and Florida every year. Tennessee and Alabama. You want to see those games every single year. But with the A-game model, some of those rivalries are out the window, right? They're gone. So you think like, okay, so that changes everything. Alabama and LSU, that won't happen on the first weekend of November. LSU and Oklahoma could, but Alabama and LSU won't. So some of those traditions and some of those, you know, some of those rivalry type games are changed because of the eight game model and you only and every SEC school picks one team, one permanent opponent they play on their schedule every year. So it's 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 one of those things, it's different, you know? It is. It, it's different. It's a different time we're living in now. That's just the future of college football, and that's how everything's going to roll. Not just in the SEC, the Big Ten. Uh, you know what? Who knows what the ACC and the Pac-12 are going to do? The Big Twelve. It's it's all just realignment, and it's all trying to make do with what everybody is in now. So that's just college football now, and that's just the way the the world works. And then you add NIL and transfer portal. We won't get into all that. That's just a whole other conversation. Added on, but that's just that's pretty much it, you know. With you know conference realignment, so that's just that's just what this is all about. So eight or nine games. Let me know what you guys think in the comments uh, on Spotify, Podbean. You can guys on Podbean. You can comment on Podbean if you guys want to comment on there. If you're listening on there and share your thoughts on there as well as YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below on what I mean. What's going on with the SEC schedule and if you want eight or nine games. So moving on, we're gonna go to our mini series now the conference standing projections. So, three weeks ago, (laughs) I'm just going to keep recapping you guys. Three weeks ago, we did the Big Ten. I picked Michigan and Wisconsin to win the Big Ten championship. uh, To to, to go to the Big Ten championship, rather, sorry. To win their respective divisions, because that's really one of the only conferences that has divisions, right? Big Ten, West and East, and the SEC this year. But, West and East, uh... East Michigan, West Wisconsin, Michigan beats Wisconsin. And then I did, a couple of weeks ago, I did the Pac-12, right? I did, you know, I, I did USC and Washington with USC beating Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. Last week, I did the ACC with Florida State and Clemson being in it, so there's no more divisions in the ACC. And then I picked Florida State to beat Clemson in a rematch. So, we're going to do the Big 12. Now, here's the thing. 14 teams. 
We're going to do the same thing as we did last week. We're going to have two separate graphics, 14 through 7 and then 6 through 1. So the Big 12, uh, there are some teams in there. There are some teams in there. I mean, there's some, you know, you got the reigning defending Big 12 champions in Kansas State. You got Kansas, who kind of shocked a lot of teams last year and shot college football last year. You had the biggest shocker in there in TCU, who won, who was the national championship runner-up from last season. You have Oklahoma in there, obviously. This is the last season for Oklahoma in Texas to be in the Big 12. Also, this is the last season of the Big 12 in Oklahoma. No, I mean, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, Texas and Oklahoma uh, have their Red River showdown, a Red River rivalry in the Big 12. So they're going to move that to the SEC most likely. So, you know, it's a lot of interesting factors. And then you add UCF, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati now in the conference. So you add some more teams into the conference to make 14 for the first time this season. So without any further ado, let's just go with 14 through 7. And I'm just going to run run through these really quick. And I'm going to run through six and one really quick as well. And we're going to and we're going to talk about who's going to go to the Big 12 championship game in early December. So let's pop up that graphic for 14 through 7 now. Okay, so 14 through 7, 14 West Virginia. Uh Neil Brown still kind of getting his footing in, even though he's been there for a few years. I think that West Virginia needs to keep building and keep going. Uh, don't get rid of Neil Brown just yet. Uh, I think Neil Brown just needs some time. And I think, you know, no one's going to be, you know, no one's going to be, you know, up and down on West Virginia this year. But let's just, you know, don't give up on West Virginia, right? So that's 14 West Virginia, 13 Iowa State. I think they take a dip a little bit in production. I think they they lost a little bit, especially on the offensive line. I think Iowa State is a, a solid team. I think that they have the potential to be a solid team, but I think they're rebuilding. So I think the 13 spot right there is good. I think Iowa State will give everybody their best game. They always do. But Iowa State at 13 is where I would sit them at. Number 12, BYU. I think BYU to start out into the Big 12 before they just find their footing. I think number 12 is a good spot for them. Houston at 11. Dana Holgerson back in the Big 12. I think they, you know, they're going to have to find their footing there. Dana Holgerson, solid coach. Houston is a great team. I think Houston's a good team. I think the Big 12 is going to be one of those things where, you know, they're just going to have to find their footing in, you know. Uh, great basketball year, though, by the way. Congrats to Houston. Uh, number 10, Baylor. I think Baylor is uh, it's just kind of kind of one of those things where it's strange that they went from going to the Big 12 title game and winning it against, you know, and getting, winning the Sugar Bowl against Ole Miss, right? They beat Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago. Now they're number 10 in my rankings. They kind of dipped a little bit. Um, and and it's just one of those things where it's, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta play it. It's one of those things where you just gotta watch and see what Baylor does. So I'm not gonna sit there and say they're gonna have a terrible season. I'm just putting them at ten currently. This is my current standing. So out of these things I've been doing, it's just current, right? I'm not gonna sit there and say, okay, my standing, my projections won't change because they could, they could change. I gotta see them play, obviously. But Baylor right now at ten is my best, my best logical spot for them right now. Number nine, Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is going to be a challenge. I think Cincinnati with uh, Scott Skitterfield from uh, from Louisville, former head coach at Louisville, just went over to Cincinnati. What's funny because Louisville and Cincinnati played each other in a bowl game, and they and then the Louisville head coach went over to Cincinnati to become their head coach after Luke Fickle went to Wisconsin. 
I'm just saying that's that's kind of ironic, kind of funny. But Cincinnati, I think with their new head coach in Scatterfield, I think that Scott's is a is a well he's a well renowned coach. He did solid at Louisville, and I think he's going to do solid at Cincinnati, right? I think you just got to give him time. I don't think they're going to you know be one of those teams where it's obviously it's not going to be one of those teams where it's going to be you know top in the you know top ten team in the nation, but. They're going to rebuild, and I think they're going to give a lot of teams their best game, and they're going to surprise some teams this year. So I'm going to put Cincinnati at number nine. Uh, UCF, eight. Same thing with UCF. I think UCF's going to, with Gus Malzahn, going to shock a little bit of people. I think they're going to surprise some teams. I don't think they're going to win the whole thing, obviously, but I think they're going to you know, build in and get used to the Power 5 schedule and get used to the Big 12 and be like, okay, we have a year of experience under a belt. Now we're really going to, you know, take off with it. So UCF's going to play some teams close, I think. But I think UCF at number eight is a good spot. You're thinking right now, Joel, number seven, Oklahoma State. Why? They have been a forefront of that conference for so long. Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy is is going to be a forever Cowboy, right? He is going to be a forever Oklahoma State head coach until he retires. Mike Gundy is one of the, is a very solid coach, and I think Oklahoma State is probably going to be a top fifteen team. I really do. They always they're always consistent. They're always consistently in the top twenty five, top fifteen, or maybe even top ten. Oklahoma State in number seven. And I think they're going to be they're going to play a lot of teams close. Obviously, I just think there's some teams up there that are just a little bit better than Oklahoma State coming into this season. Nothing against Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State's going to have a solid season. I think they're going to make a bowl game. They're consistent. I just think there's a little bit of you know teams ahead of them that are you know just a tiny bit better than them. So that's 14 through seven. Uh, we're going to pop up that off that graphic now, and let's go with six through uh, one. You're going to think. Are you serious right now? You didn't name some teams. I'm about to name some teams right now, but let's just go ahead. Six through one now. Six, Texas Tech. Joel, you're really high on Texas Tech. Well, yes, I am. I had a solid season. They went to the Alamo. No, I'm sorry. They went to the Texas Bowl. They they honestly outclassed Ole Miss. Uh, I thought that was going to be a lot closer game than most people think. I think in play-wise, play, and maybe not, so much of the score, but play-wise, Texas Tech laid it on Ole Miss, and they were a really, really solid football team. They are they have been a really solid football team. They upset Texas last season. They had a lot of good wins, and I think Texas Tech played really good football last year, and I expect them to do the same this year. I think number six is a logical spot. Um, some of their key games we got versus Oregon, that's going to be tough. And here's the advantage, though. They have them at home. So versus Oregon on the second week, week two of college football season, versus Kansas State, that's always going to be tough to play some, uh, facing the defending uh, you know, Big 12 champions. At Kansas in Lawrence, Rock Chalk, that's going to be tough as well because Kansas is on the rise. And then at Texas, that's also going to be tough. You know, Texas is not going to not going to forget about what happened to them last year in Lubbock. So those are their key games. And they look like there's there's some games that they're going to play close on, but they're going to have to play. Uh, Texas Tech, you know, is a solid team, but those those are some key games where they're going to have to play. Even though Oregon is a you know non conference game, uh, they're going to have to play that one. And some of these conference games that they got, they're going to have to come to play. But I, I will I will put Texas Tech at six currently. Number five, Kansas. 
You're thinking Kansas ahead of Texas Tech, really? Yeah, I think te- I think Kansas is a solid team. I think Lennon Fleepold is a great head coach, and he's a solid coach. I think he's d- turned the program around. Jalen Daniels is a solid quarterback, and I think he's going to make he's going to be much more improved this season. So Kansas, who do they got on their schedule? Some of their key games versus Illinois, Brett Bielema. That's going to be a tough game. It's out of conference, but tough game. Luckily, you got it at home, so that's good. At Texas, always going to be a tough game, right? Quinn Ewers, you got, you know, Xavier Worthy, you got Sark in that offense. That's going to be tough. At in, in Austin, too. That's going to be tough. You also have at Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State's going to give everybody their best game. You got versus Oklahoma. I mean, you got Oklahoma, and I think Brent Venables is going to be much improved this season with Oklahoma. And then you got versus Texas Tech versus Kansas State, and then at Cincinnati. I put at Cincinnati because I think that's going to be a closer game than much people think. I think Cincinnati will give teams a run for their money. So some of those games right there are going to be tough. Uh, I see some wins wins on that, and I see some losses. So I think Kansas right now at five is the best bet. I don't think they're, they're going to be terrible by no means. I would say maybe a 75, maybe 8 and 4 record could be suffice for them this season. So, number 4, TCU. Uh TCU the defending national champion runner-ups and the runner-ups of the Big 12 title game. So, they had a solid season, surprising season, almost like a Cinderella run, almost. And Sonny Dykes is not going to stop there. I think Sonny Dykes is a solid coach, and he will get them back into the forefront. I think they dip a little bit this year just because they lost some of their some some key guys, right? They added some key guys from the portal. That's good. They added Trey Sanders from Alabama, Jack Betts from LSU, and they got Chandler Morris, who's a surprise. Who honestly, Chandler Morris is not a solid. He's a solid quarterback. He is, and. He's learned a lot under Max Dugan. So Chandler Morris, and, and I, I'm trying to see how he will improve. Uh, one key loss, I will mention Garrett Riley. And I think Garrett Riley going to Clemson kind of hurt them a little bit. But we will see what happens here. I think four is a likely spot for them. Look, let's look at their key games. They got Colorado at home. Uh, that's going to be a tough one. I think Colorado is going to be a lot better because of Deion Sanders and the improvements that he's making there. Then you got at Kansas State, the rematch of the Big 12. That's going to be tough because you got Chris Kleiman as their head coach. You got Will Howard at quarterback. And a lot of those guys who are coming back from the offensive line are going to help protect Will Howard. I think Kansas State's going to be solid. At Texas Tech, going to be a tough game for them versus Texas at home and then versus Baylor. I put Baylor on there just because Baylor always plays them close. So watch out for Baylor and TCU. And then at Oklahoma, always going to be a tough game and it's going to be at Norman. So some I see some wins and I also see some losses. I think a, an 8-4, and 9-3 season for TCU could suffice for them as well. Number three, Oklahoma. Oklahoma at three, they're going to be much improved. I think three is a likely spot for them to finish out their run at the Big 12. And let's just go over their schedule, right? I'm moving I'm moving through this pretty quick. Sorry. But, I mean, you know, a lot of teams, right? So, at Cincinnati, uh, that's going to be a tough game. I think Cincinnati's going to give, like I said, everybody's going to give, Cincinnati's going to give everybody their best game. I think that's a, a, a good test for Cincinnati. I also think that's going to be a, a test for Oklahoma to see how well they have bounced back and how well they've improved from that seat, from their last, you know, from their, Kind of, you know, let, like disappointing type season. I mean, it wasn't so much of a disappointment, but it wasn't the best of seasons either. So, uh, at Cincinnati versus Iowa State, careful. Iowa State, be careful. Even though I put them at, you know, 13, Iowa State 
still will, you know, upset some teams, right? So Iowa State, uh, Texas in Dallas, the Red River rivalry, uh, at Kansas, at Oklahoma State versus TCU. Those are some games that are winnable, some games that are going to be really, really close. Oklahoma is going to have, you know, to, to play a lot harder. Dylan Gabriel, but they, they, they can. They can play a lot harder because they got Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. They got Drake Stoops at receiver. They got a lot of guys, man. They got a lot of guys. And I believe that Oklahoma will have a much better improved season this year. So number three, Oklahoma. Number two, Kansas State, the defending Big 12 champions. Uh, number two, big Kansas State. And that inserts them into the Big 12 championship game at number two. So at Missouri, even though it's, you know, Missouri is, you know, not had the best of seasons. It's still an, you know, SEC East school. It's at Columbia. Going to be, you know, going to be a trip. So you're going to have to, you know, try to come up with the will to win. I think they could probably, that's a winnable game right there. At Oklahoma State, tough challenge facing Mike Gundy on the road. But I think that could be a winnable game also. At Texas Tech, at Texas Tech, at Lubbock, that's a winnable game. But going to be really, really tough. Going to have to play that one versus TCU at Texas, and then at Kansas. Uh, Those key games are a little hard. And I think because most of them are on the road. I mean, you got at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma State, at Texas, and at Kansas. Those are some tough games right there, right? So it's on the road, and just because it's on the road, right? I think Will Howard is going to, you know, could win a lot of those games just because of who, who he is at quarterback. I think Will Howard is probably... If besides Quinn Ewers, the best quarterback in the Big 12, and besides Chandler Morris, Dylan Gabriel, and you got Quinn Ewers at number one, I think Will Howard's probably number two, number three up there. Will Howard, senior quarterback who's returning back for the Wildcats, I think he's a solid quarterback. He run, he 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 can be mobile when he needs to be, but he's a very good pocket passer. I really am really I'm really high on Will Howard. So Kansas State number two, and then number one. Texas. So Texas, in my opinion, is number one. I will tell you why. They got the best roster in the Big 12. And it is, it's, it is. I mean, they were much improved last season, even though they went to the Alamo Ball and a tough loss against uh, Washington. It's hard to be that Washington offense. It's really hard to be a, a, a high-octane Ryan Grubb offense from Washington. But Texas is good, right? So they, they got Quinn Ewers, arguably one of the best college football players in 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 the world, right? Uh, one of the best quarterbacks in you know one of the, probably top five quarterback in college football, along with Drake May and Caleb Williams. Um, and then you, you know you got some of those pieces. You, you lose Bijan, but then you got Kelly and Robinson, senior running back coming back. You have uh, Xavier Worthy on one side and Ad Mitchell, the Georgia transfer, on the other. They got some weapons. They got some weapons there. Got a good high attain offense. And then you got two backup quarterbacks if Quinn Ewers goes down. You got the Prodigy and Arch Manning. And you also got another, another solid quarterback and redshirt freshman, Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy is a solid quarterback, good pocket passer, and he can scramble. So Texas, let's look at their schedule. Look at their key games. Number one, obviously, at Alabama. That's going to be tough, obviously. You're going into Bryant-Denny. Night game at Bryant-Denny. Do not let the, oh, we lost Bryce Young. Do not let the, oh, we lost Will Anderson. We lost Jameer Gibbs. We lost a lot. Fool you because just because they lost all those guys, including Pete Golding at defensive coordinator and Bill O'Brien at offensive coordinator, just because they lost all those doesn't mean they didn't reload. They reloaded with Tommy Reeds, that offensive coordinator, formerly from Notre Dame, and then Kevin Steele. 
back at Alabama as at Alabama as their defensive coordinator. So you got that, and you got a new transfer quarterback in Tyler Butchner, former starting quarterback for Notre Dame. He's most likely to take over as the, the starting nod for Alabama. He fits uh, Tommy Reese's scheme. It's going to be tough for Texas. Can Texas do it? Texas can do it. But Alabama can do it also. That's a tough one. Out of conference game. Let's look at their conference games. You got Kansas at home. You got Oklahoma in Dallas. You got against Kansas, you know, at home against Kansas State, at TCU and versus Texas. Luckily, those are all winnable games. You got some of them at home, and that's where I give the advantage to Texas because they got the roster and they got home field advantage in some of the key games that matter. So here we here we have it. Number one, Texas versus number two, Kansas State in the Big 12 championship. Who do I have winning it? Texas. I have Texas defeating Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game in early December. I just think Texas has got a roster full of guys that, you know, could possibly you know, possibly full of NFL talent, obviously, but they can make some noise, man. Uh, if they do end up winning their, you know, winning out their their schedule, if they beat Alabama, that's obviously college football playoff noise, right? They beat Kansas State in the Big 12 championship, and they're like a one-loss team or an undefeated team. They're in the playoff. There's no doubt they are. But they got some games on that schedule to keep an eye on, right? Some games to keep an eye on and some games to just – Think through before, you know, we automatically insert them into the playoff. One being the Alabama game. Even though it's not a conference, it's this is a Big 12 conference championship, I know, but if we're talking about college football playoff hopes for Texas, that's a whole other conversation. But you got to mark that Alabama game, obviously, at the forefront, right? So Texas beating Kansas State. I think Kansas State's a solid team, and I could you could obviously make the argument of, dude, they could repeat. Right, they could repeat as Big Twelve champions, and they're they're a good team. They're a good football team. I think that Texas is just going to do just a little bit more to defeat Kansas State, and they got the roster to to win the whole conference. So Texas wins the Big Twelve championship, and that just about does it for Pigskin Frenzy today. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Leave a like on the episode and leave a comment down below. Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Podbean, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. We have Twitter and we have Facebook. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All I got to do is type that bad boy in. You'll find it. Follow on like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and notifications from across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All I got to do is type in pigskin frenzy. You'll find it. You'll follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and notifications from across college and NFL football. Big thank you again for taking some time out of your Tuesday and just sitting back and watching some, listening to some college football coverage and watching some college football coverage. Now, Thursday, we'll be back with some NFL coverage, and we're going to be talking about a lot of things, including wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Information on that. You already heard about it probably, but we're going to be talking about that. You're not going to want to miss it. NFL Thursday, one, you know, once again on Thursday, I'm Joel Norris signing off, and we will see you Thursday for another edition of Pigskin Frenzy. And for everybody out there, stay the course.